0: it's mm-hmm. yes. mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. setting up the meeting mm-hmm.
1: right
2: now we mm-hmm. there yeah i got you hi fellas so we are here again on health as wealth podcast and we have uh, a few college coaches as our special guest, a former linebackers coach of Lincoln University, uh, Coach Brooks, and then we have Kenny Johnson, who is the defensive line coach at Shepherd University. And um, we're going to discuss the NCAA and fall sports and what's going on. So uh, Coach Brooks, we'll start it off with you because you were in here Um so, what's your take on what's going on with all of these uh, power conferences canceling their season? Well, I think the
1: uh, the conferences they're they're trying to look for the health. Um, yeah. With, with our young people, and mm-hmm. now since I'm My coaching back, fault. I'm coaching back in high school. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I think about the asymptomatic child or student who won't show who won't show any symptoms, mm-hmm. but has the potential to transfer. The virus to a loved one, a mm. family member, somebody with underlining issues, and at first I was thinking, you know, because I'm going through it now with high school coaches, really mm. pumping, like, hey, you know, especially in Philadelphia, especially in Philadelphia, right now it's like uh, the kids are saying, you know, hey, if the kids don't have sports. Mm. Um, look at look at the crime rate. Look at look at the death rate. Look at the death rate, mm-hmm. and. I had to tell somebody, I was like, bruh, I grew up in North Philly and Southwest Philly. I said, it's about choices.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. about
1: choices. Okay. And you have to make the right choice. I said I had guys who I grew up with, my one of my best friends. He just mm-hmm. last May, last May, he just got out from doing a 15-year bid. Okay. He just mm-hmm. did 15. And then another friend who just got out, he did he did 30.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So I mean it's like it's about choices. It's about choices and we got a, my biggest problem right now. The biggest problem I have is saying that sports is the only way out for a student athlete.
0: Mm,
1: and okay. I, the problem I have with that is that you are inadvertently limiting the options for your athlete that you're coaching or mentoring. You're mm-hmm. limiting their options because, number one, during this time, I have not heard one coach say that, you know, hey, let's work on this kid's grades. Let's try to give him another alternative. Uh, If he doesn't want to do college, he can do trade school.
0: You
1: know, that way he can um, work on being an entrepreneur. Uh, Understanding business and going in business for himself. Understanding Mm -hmm. accounting. Understanding how to create a, a business plan.
2: You starting that conversation. Is, there we go. Come on. You know, uh-huh.
1: and, and that's probably the that's my biggest issue right now with some of the coaches who I coach alongside of is that uh-huh. stop telling the kids that that whatever sport that they're in is that the uh-huh. only way out. Football and all other sports, they are a vehicle. You use it as a vehicle to get your education. That's what you use it for. As a vehicle, it's a vehicle. Just to get your education, but my biggest thing is is stop limiting our boys to saying put all your eggs in one basket, and it's either hit or miss. Either you're gonna mm-hmm. make it or you're not gonna make it. I mean, oh. we know the we know the statistics. We know the statistics on how many guys go to the league, how many guys end up being division one, division two, II, division three athletes that start, and then after they start, and they finish their uh college career. What is the? We already know the percentages of them going into the league, and being successful. But we already know that the tenure for somebody to be in the league on average is only like five years. Okay.
2: Well, let's, let let's, uh, let's let Coach Kenny um, elaborate on it a little bit. So, Coach Kenny, uh, if you're just getting in, Coach mm-hmm. Kenneth Johnson's full name. Uh, we call him Coach <laughs> Kenny. You know, we yeah. family on this podcast. Yeah. So, uh, if y'all just tuning in. We're just talking about, like, our perspective as college coaches or former college coaches on what's going on in major college football right now.
3: So, Coach Kenny. Um, yeah, what's going on? What's going on, fellas? I appreciate you reaching out. And um, it's uh, for sure definitely a very, very unique time and mer- definitely challenging. I know um for my staff, uh, for all my guys that I know on the college staff, like at this point mm-hmm. now, we've already been camp. And um, just a few weeks before, can we reaching out just telling guys, like, hey, all the work that, you know, it should have been the spring because they started doing the spring ball. It was canceled then. Mm-hmm. But, you know, everything that you're expecting the fall, though, you know, it was pumping through the summertime. It's just like, hey, you know, we got to pump the bricks a little bit longer because mm-hmm. it's going to carry over. And then uh, we're just looking for, you know, God willing, either the spring or for next fall. You know, so, um, what, coach, what conference uh, do you coach at? Uh, we we just now joined the PSAC conference. We just played our first oh, wow. season that last season. Okay. Yeah, so it was it so was. It was the, well, go ahead. So the
2: PSAC, no, it's all right. The PSAC mm-hmm. canceled their season. Yeah, yeah, yep yeah. okay. They canceled and theirs. So were you guys like one of the first ones? Was like a pioneer toward the movement of canceling seasons.
3: Um, like how everything happened, it it kind of mm-hmm. came out as we we it all happened around the same time. Um, because mm-hmm. being the Pennsylvania athletic conference, when the numbers were crazy high and in, in Pennsylvania for COVID, it was mm-hmm. honestly, it was kind of like standing right on the wall at some point because, um, you know, some of the bigger schools was in that area and, you know, Philadelphia as coach mentioned, or even just, mm-hmm. you know, down Pittsburgh area, like it was just, you know, it was, it was bound to happen in, in my opinion, because, uh, the numbers, um, so we just came together as conferences is more so what's best for the student athletes and you know even the coaching staff. And it was it was it was just something that came in like you know what it's it's not it's not worth the risk. The Did end, you
2: guys like, actually come back together and uh, start training, like the strength and conditioning component, or y'all never actually came back together?
3: No, actually uh it was funny because um when everything started to happen on our end, we was actually mm-hmm. we went on spring break. And I haven't seen my guys since spring break. <laughs> okay. So, wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, we haven't been back. Um, we actually try to have some plans set up. You know, just talk to guys. You know how you send out the workout plans over the yep. summertime. Yep. Mm-hmm. But um, no, we haven't we haven't got back without guys.
2: Okay, okay. Cool. So we know that the craziness is going on. We know that this whole thing is led by the power five conferences. We already know that. It's all about the 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 money making of the sports. So I'm going to just go straight into it, the hard question, right? Is it about the virus? Is that the reason that this season is not going to happen? Or is it the pushback, potentially, of college athletes being paid and or receiving full health care after they're done playing college sports? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead before I, before I even, I'm going to just put it out there. Mm -hmm. I think that it's a little bit of the virus, but I also think that it's uh, those top conferences getting their ducks in order for what's to Mm -hmm. come. Because quietly what's happening is players are trying to unionize. Mm -hmm. And the player is now starting to come forward and say, hey, y'all making all this money off of me and I have no legal representation. So we need to be represented legally and you can't have me Basically, we all know we've been college athletes. It's a full-time job. We know that. That's just realistic. I know they say student athlete, but we all know that you are in school for sports like that person who comes to college for a major is, for that major. We know that. But you only know that if you've actually done it. So my question is, is a season question because of the virus or is it because of these power conferences trying to get their ducks in order? for what's to come with these players unionizing and asking for pro- proceeds or a portion of the proceeds and health coverage when they're finished. Coach Brooks, you lead it off.
1: All right, um, that right there is a good scenario because um, you know you know, a lot of times uh, college coaches would tell a kid or tell a student athlete and say, hey, you know, you're getting an education for free. Yeah, yeah. However. But well, we know that's not true. Right, we know that's not true. And we know, mm-hmm. however, even though you're saying, okay, I don't have to worry about room and board, uh, you know, tuition, books, or whatever, mm-hmm. but you already know that, that that athlete, that student athlete is going to have incidentals and going to have other stuff in order to maintain himself or herself on on that campus mm-hmm. by living. Okay, and the revenue that's generated far exceeds that huh. actual tuition. <laughs> the revenue that's generated far exceeds the actual tuition that's that's being generated for that kid. So it's like same thing where we ran into an issue with uh, NCAA football. again. game, yeah, yeah. yeah, a game got shut down mm-hmm. after all mm-hmm. those years because that came up about compensation for. Mm these players and then Mm. once they shut the game down then if you still had a copy of it or you had the last copy then the user the end user was able Mm. to create his own rosters but as far as a game being created these guys were not going to get any part of that they weren't going to get any kind of royalties from that so they shut that game down that was a great game too they shut it down but i do see what you're saying about um it's, it's like a two-edged sword because mm-hmm. this is going to come up again. It's going to come oh, well. up again. Yeah. And and you just saw the Big Ten yesterday or two days ago. They shut it down, you know, because uh coach from uh, Penn State, he got on and talked a little bit about it.
2: You know, that's my mentor. So Right,
1: right. Yeah, yeah. That's your you
2: guy. Yeah, First hand, you know, just, just knowing him as a person, just a very genuine, probably one of the most genuine – coaches at that level it's rare to find a coach at that level making that kind of money that genuine Mm -hmm. and his perspective was real um he was on what well he was on uh what was he on earlier today he was on get up and um i'm gonna just play a little snippet of that let me know know if y'all can can hear that scott frost the coach of nebraska yeah big 10 decides today to cancel the
4: season or push it back to the spring, that they're prepared to play in another conference, to, to create an entirely new schedule. What are you prepared to do if the Big Ten makes that decision? Well, to me, if we can push things back, continue to gather information, and our trainers and doctors and all the medical personnel feel like this is something we could do and should do, then I think I have a responsibility based on the feedback I've gotten from my players and my parents to explore any opportunity possible. Uh, for our players to be able to continue to reach their dreams, and again, that's all the advice of our players. That's all the advice of our parents, but it's got to be—it's got to be led by medical professionals. Well, I suppose specifically, I'm asking if the Big Ten, as a as a cohesive unit, doesn't exist for this season, are you still prepared to try and put together a season of some other sort for your kids who want to play, if you are told by by medical advisors you trust that it is safe to do so? Yeah, I have a. Res- responsibility to my players and their families to exhaust every opportunity and option that's out there. Yes. Okay, that's fair. I I get it. And then uh, I would ask you as well about the spring because that's something that keeps coming up here. Uh, It could get things could get pushed back to the spring. Other conferences and other schools are talking about pushing to the spring. In your mind at one of the, the, the prestige and premier programs in the country, what does spring football actually look like? And is it a realistic possibility? Yeah, and I think that's exactly what I'm saying. That's another reason why you delay, because you're coming up with these other models so that when we say, okay, we are playing college football or we aren't playing college football, that now we can list out what the plan is for our future. This is how so
2: basically, this the, 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 whole, the whole thing is he, he's basically saying not to cancel, but to push the season back until we have more conclusive you know evidence of what's going on so before we start to go into that I just wanted to you know give a sound bite of what he said and that's not building on something and just you know making up what we think he said I always like to go straight off the source but coach Kenny you didn't have a chance to go uh so so you can go ahead and uh run with that so is it is it all virus or is it more
3: you know Um, the backlash is coming Soon, soon as I hit the ground running, uh, when we actually reported back uh, as the staff, um, it's, it's, it's the virus. Um, all of us as a staff, there's not one coach or not even one player on our team that's like, you know, we really want to play. I mean, even the conversations mm-hmm. we had. And honestly, out, outside of our guys, it's, it's the liability aspect as far as like the student body. I mean, mm-hmm. we, the, even the changes that were you know, projected as far as how we're going to get our guys ready for a season. Like mm-hmm. we were expected to come in, hit the ground, running, then play our first game. Our games were getting pushed back. Um, mm-hmm. the schedule was changing, you know, the body, you know, as far as like strength condition, you know, you know what I'm saying, as far as yeah, yeah, yeah. getting ready for a season or just getting mentally prepared, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. But it just took us off as far as like as coach was talking about the model as far as what we're doing. And now mm-hmm. we're in a position where things are gonna change as far as like how we do, how we, you know. Proceed with normal proceedings you know strength conditioning training room practice mm-hmm, if the practice mm-hmm. model was even being facetious uh, I believe uh, talking to a coach at one of our conferences you could't have but uh, certain many people on the field at one time, mm-hmm. and they could be you know six feet apart with no contact I mean that was even talks from another school like mm-hmm. you can't get any work football done without any contact I mean without no football especially. impossible impossible. And- it messes with the mechanics. It messes. With, it messes with muscle memory. It messes with a lot of things. And then mm-hmm. outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure the NFL does it as far as like having pods. You know, everybody has participated in certain pods. And you know, if somebody tested positive, you know, things will happen from that. But that's just still putting other students or even people that weren't affected at risk. You know, people coming mm-hmm. from everywhere. And mm-hmm. you know, honestly, you know, from my aspect, I mean, I. From my position, I, I, it wasn't it, money wasn't even an issue. It was more so, if someone's child is being sent here under mm-hmm. the impression that they're going to be safe, you're going to take care of them, and something happens to them, that's our yep. fault because we gave them my word they were going to be safe. And there's no way that we can say we can protect everybody from this virus that's brand new. This is yeah. this is literally you know everything is everything is being imprinted right now for next season because it, it, it's going to yeah. be around. So we can understand what's going on, but yeah. uh, it's it, it affected us, you know pretty, pretty, um, in a unique way, can't get close six feet apart. Um, even how we do our class studies. I'm mean, even going mm-hmm. to online, you know, most of our guys do better online. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. in person to online. So that, mm-hmm. that provides its own struggle. So, um, it from, from everything that I've, I've been, I heard and I talked to the coaches and everything. If you know, guys come back and actually get infected, the thing might last longer and there's just be more disaster than what it already is. Mm. All right. So that's great information
2: let's get to some harder questions should the NCAA athletes unionize coach Brooks from
1: from a should they unionize see that's that's a little sticky because Mm -hmm. they're going into they're going into higher education Mm -hmm.
0: because
1: because technically they're there we already know what they're there for we know they've been recruited so, recruited so for sports for sports so the, so the pushback and, and they supposed so the to
2: get the education. I, I have this conversation with people I went to school with who didn't play sports and they never knew yeah. how different our lives were from theirs. Oh. We say they're going to school for, for academics, but are they really? I mean, oh, I mean we just been, from, let's have the conversation. There are guys even, right even now from, on our live even, feed who played in Maryland with me. They can be honest. We did not experience college like other kids went to Maryland experience. I had to work out two to three times a day. I had to fly out of town on the weekends to go to a game and take the same test that another kid was taking on Friday after I just banged my head into somebody, 60 snaps. And that was was what I was in school for.
1: Right, and that that there, and then from from my experience as being a walk on, trying to compete with a guy who already has a full-time scholarship that's Tough. even harder that's yeah. even harder because when you're a walk-on you are oblivious to anything that your body's going to go through you got to be that's oblivious a fact. to it that's a you, fact. you 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 cannot you cannot be hurt you cannot get hurt you cannot be sore you cannot mm. be achy because mm. number one you don't have a scholarship Okay, mm-hmm. you don't have a scholarship, you don't have money, you're doing everything on your own and you're trying to compete to get on one. Mm-hmm. And from that model there, it's it's tough. It's a tough model to follow. Some guys have done it, you know, barring any injury, and they've gotten, you know, gotten the ability to do it, but you're full-time athlete mm-hmm. and school is second, you know. Yeah. And even even from that model of trying to get on as a walk-on, that that you you start to see exactly how much time the difference. <laughs> the difference between strength and conditioning, <laughs> strength and conditioning, and then um, seeing how your schedule has to be. And then you have to work out your schedule because you got to lift.
2: You only can you take classes lift. at a
1: certain time. A certain time of the day, a certain time of the day. The same because thing you got practice. The same mm-hmm. thing we experienced when we were coaching at Lincoln together. We were coaching at Lincoln. And then when I did at Cheney, yep. those, those kids' schedules were all around football hmm. everything was around football so that means that you shouldn't be taking classes later in the evening or you, you should be getting all your you can't
2: because or you're not, not going to be able to play because you're, you're going to be able to right that's just weird <laughs> so so coach kenny you, uh-huh. you elaborate do
3: you think that the ncaa athletes should unionize um I, i'm i'm half and half on it <laughs> I, I mean I, I respect that the player as yeah. a former player, and you know, even as a current coach, because you know, in some instance, you know, when you talk to a guy, you 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 actually really talk to him as far as like, what are you here for? I mean, at the D two level, it's more personable. I'm not I'm not familiar with how they do at the bigger levels. Um, mm. You know, how the coaches are with their players, but when you when you're in that interaction, you get to know the athletes. And at Division two, it's not that many scholarships, and guys understand they're mm. working with you know a, a cup half full but at the same time i mean yeah you you're you're there to enjoy the college experience and what mm. brought you to their school was football so mm. in a sense you know yeah you're there for football to get education that that i mean i mean that's that's on everybody's hand as well as as much as student athlete you know it teaches you things as far as like how to maintain that balance to play ball and to be an athlete and there's a reason why you go through the way you go through because at the end of it, now, I'm not saying, you know, through the injuries and everything, injuries might make the uh, career premature, but through it all, you come out on the other end with so many other, you know, intangibles that a normal GDI student at the college doesn't have. You know, how to balance work life, how to maintain their body, you That's know? The, the level That's of competition, true. and they won't have that. Now, going into the football aspect, yeah, you know, your body get banged up and bruised up and everything. You know, those things are gonna happen. I mean, football is a game of organized chaos, and, at the same time, you know, that's why they're trying to teach new methods. You know, as coaches, we got to go through these CPR things, you know, new teaching, you know, tackling uh, defensively, offensively, you know, how to protect yourself. All those things just so we can protect the student athlete because they got to walk off the field the same way they came on, you know. But you. at the same time, you know, it's not saying it's inevitable, but you're going to get hit in the mouth. You're going to get hit. And, you know, we tell these guys, as far as like for my coaching styles, it's up front, like. If you know why you're here then everything else will fall into place because that's you know right. if you love that's football right. if you love something you're willing to do anything for it and at the same time really? I'm not saying put academics last but you know some of these guys you know come to college yeah they have the NFL dream in mind but they're taking uh, biology as a minor but they have a 2.3 GPA you, you yeah. got to be real with them, like brother that's not going to work out for you man it, you might end up the PE teacher but you know you got to be honest with them and you know understand what they're getting themselves into and some of these yeah. academic courses you know Yes, they, it's pulling in two different directions, and it, it's kind of hard to say, you know, you know, this is what I'm here for. You're not here to accumulate a bill. You know, you're not You're not here to walk away with a $43,000 loan. I mean, I've been here for four years, and I've done this for my... Yeah, you did this for football. You did this for programming and everything. But then you got to challenge your professors. If You know, the professors know why you're there. You know, mm-hmm. it, there, but the uh, academic support nobody you there. I mean, every, the, the, the athletic director know why you're there. It's more than just the coaches. It's like... If the support staff is built for you and put in place for you to succeed, then that's something that's built in for you to access and you to utilize that as to its fullest potential. You know, max out on that. I mean, coaches, we, I know in my position, you know, we have our meetings and academic meetings. We talk to the guys, tell them as far as like, know your resources, things that you can tap into that can help you. And then more so, you know, get the one-on-one per time with your professor. But, you know, it's, it's just a balance in that. And, you know, if, you know, it's a it's a lot at the end of it now after my playing career. Yeah, you know if I if a union was set in place, you know it might have to you know, proved some benefits and everything. But you know this time now, it's, it's 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 a little different. You know a lot the injuries are definitely more severe, especially you know changing the way tackling is happening and you know all these other things. Guys are getting bigger, faster, stronger. It seems like they come out the womb like that. <laughs> so it's unique. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's right. No.
3: But um yeah, that's it's it's definitely um you know, a balancing act and what should happen, what comes first, what doesn't come first. Heck, we we have some Einsteins on the team and they they put the academics first, but that, that player doesn't speak for the rest of them. He has a great you know, work ethic in the classroom as well in the field, and we got some guys that literally just, you know, that they don't they don't have that, you know, asset. They don't have that gift to do things yeah. like that. So we work with them, yeah. and we try to use one guy as a model to encourage another. Yeah,
1: that's true. Because on that level, on that level is is uh, on that D two level you can be personable with the players and you end up finding out like some of those guys have children, like yeah. they have kids, like they'll have little girls. i have Met players. They got little babies. They got either a son, uh daughter. Some guys had uh, two kids at least. And he was still trying to get his dream of finishing college, college and finishing mm-hmm. playing college football and walking away with a degree. And at least Worst-case scenario, he's thinking, can I at least try to go and, and play for somebody or at least try to get a tryout, mm-hmm. you know? And, 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 and it's crazy because, like, on the D1 level, I haven't been on that level, only been around the coaching of it. And they coach those guys hard as heck. I mean, they ain't playing. Brother? Brother? They, they, I mean, mm-hmm. this coach, them. D1 guys coaching them hard. They're not, they not joking around. Like the, the main job. school, I would always yeah. the main school I would always do. I would always go to Temple, and what I would do for Temple, like my wife would, she would see me. I would go down, and I would stay there from seven thirty in the morning to about five in the afternoon, and I would just hang out with defense and sit in the meetings because at that time you had good, you know, the coaches were good. You know, they didn't, they love high school coaches to come up, or anybody mm-hmm. for that matter that was coming up, and then I mean it was their job. Uh, maybe the first time I ever, you know, talk to those guys, you know, they're talking about, you know, hey, I got a house now here. It's probably going to cost me about, you know, whatever X amount of dollar for this house. But, you know, it's a job because, you know, you know how the coaching carousel is
2: for these so, guys so, to so go question. back and forth. Do you think that the athlete should get paid? Maybe get cash. 20? or stocks or like in some way, should they should they receive some kind of financial benefit? It may not be cash. It could be some asset that they could access later on. But personally, I think that <clears throat> possibly having stocks like for every, you know how you letter every year. I always thought that maybe as a letterman, you receive stocks in the university. We all know that the stock in the university ain't going down. It's only gonna grow. Right. Tuition and goes I- up. So if a player graduates with 25, you know, shares or 30 shares of a university, because every year he lettered, he got 15. That's not something that he can blow being immature or mm-hmm. or financially illiterate. That's right. something that he can take money from at least 10% or more, depending on how much money he makes a year. If he makes less than 30,000, he can take more without a penalty. And it's a progressive growth that he can take money from to grow other assets, right? I I mean, as a businessman, I think of it differently now than I used to think of it. So I'm saying like there were many, there were better ways that they could have set us up for the future financially. Because one thing we know that a university has is great relationships with the bank right? Oh, they yeah. have great financial relationships. So that means that financial literacy has to be an educational an educational focal point. That right. means that I have to make sure that these athletes have relationships with banks and have at least an average credit score. Like when they leave here, they should be able to chase their dream without being in debt to somebody, have an executive or a bank executive phone numbers, where they can finance their businesses, their dreams, whether they need a job, whatever. There's no reason that a kid should leave a top five power conference school and not be able to get a job, have health care, and have to be on welfare and return back to the hood. After someone has made millions, multi-millions or billions of dollars off of you, your name, your likeness in Jersey, you're telling me that that makes sense, that system makes sense to send that kid back to whatever troubled background he comes from. No job, more than likely, we all know most of the guys don't graduate, no degree right. Right. and no banking relationships because we all know your network is your net worth. So you're telling me you don't have no network Nobody with billions of dollars who could say hire this guy because I made millions off of being a booster to him. Like, come on, man, come on, that don't even make sense to me financially.
1: But, but you know what? That's the same model they use for high school, yeah. Because high, high school kids, when they get out, they do they are financially illiterate, they don't understand. And the, here's the thing that we're trying to fight in some of the electives and even if they go to a public school mm. and not a private school because you know a private school is a whole different setup So whole different and, setup a whole different setup and the kids that go to the public school they miss that component of financial literacy
2: they missing that. that but but and if it, that's a focal cool point so so right. so check this out right i had this conversation with my wife and uh my wife was in school as a normal student right now most us athletes, we are in a selective group of people, right? We around a group of people who are considered the, the upper class of college life, you know, whether it be female guy, we have, the, we have the upper echelon of the hangout group. We don't get to know everybody. There's a bunch of culture happening at that school you know nothing about, right? So when I met my wife who was a theater major, I was going to plays, I was going to buildings that I didn't even know was in the building. Because I'm a student athlete, so-called, but I am not experiencing the culture of University of Maryland until I met a student who was not in the sports realm, in the top echelons of everything. And they were in a different culture at Maryland. And I got to experience University of Maryland from a different side. And I had never seen a school like that. So I'm like, you're telling me that you can have a group of guys go to this school and leave with no culture? When you have major theaters on campus, you're in DC, you're in Baltimore. You're telling me it's not mandated every Friday that we go to a theater, we go to a play to go see Shakespeare, we go to a financial literacy class, we go and meet with executives at banks. We go, like these should be activities that are mandated so that these kids leave with culture. Not money right. they can squander and blow because financial illiterate, mm. financial illiterate people don't need cash. They're going right. to blow it. They're going to be popping bottles. We're not talking about that. We're talking about giving people culture. and It's about class. And when you get class, you conduct yourself differently. You don't act like new money, right? Money yeah. to somebody that's new money don't matter. He's going to blow it anyway. But if you're around old money, you know how old money kept their money. And you can't tell me that these athletes are not around the oldest money America's ever seen. But, but, so how, but, do, how do they the, not know?
1: What, because of the social model. The social model is, okay, when you got money, the social model doesn't tell you how to keep and maintain money. The social model tells you how to spend that money and how to lose that money. Okay, I'm going to get five cars. If I make it in the NFL, five cars, a couple but, mansions.
2: But, and, but know, why, is it, why is it that? Why is it that there's not a college? So you telling me a college coach going to make $65 million a year and you're not man enough to tell that young kid that's the dumbest thing you could have bought was a car, a depreciating asset, the worst thing you could ever buy. You went and bought a car Uh instead of buying some land, Mm -hmm. instead of creating a business with your likeness. Like- See what I'm saying? You see, it's a game. And it's a game because it's a game on those who don't know. It's All it is is people know things you don't know. That's it. It's not that no one's better than you. It's that they know something you don't know. They got a secret to something you don't know. And they will stand in your face and laugh and shake hands with you knowing you don't know. Watching you spend your money, waste your money, not invest your money, nor make it mandated that you do because we know being eligible does not mean graduating. Right. Okay. Getting a Mm -hmm. degree in pool management helps with nothing. Okay. Most of these degrees that the guys get, they're not even gonna get a job in. If you graduate, when I graduated 2008, the housing bubble, it was the worst time to graduate college because nobody was hiring. Nobody, you couldn't get a job in anything. So you're telling me that these kids will go to a university for four years and they leave without some kind of equity and relationship that equates to money. Forget cash because we got inflation. Cash dissolves. If I put in a savings account, $10,000, it's only gonna be worth seven in a few years. Inflation happens. Let's talk about real money, which is network. Let's talk about cash flow. Let's talk about equity. Let's talk about things that grow in value when you're dealing with people who know that science. That's how they became the rich who are around you when you're in that sport. So again, it's like harboring knowledge. It's like harboring the knowledge to teach people something they should know. Why is it that that athlete doesn't know how to monetize his likeness? Well, you remember,
1: let's go culture. Let's talk culture. Because when we start talking culture, okay, now, Who is the majority that plays, let's talk football, like we're talking, the black athlete, okay? So now it goes under another layer that we really have to start to to unveil is because now we're talking culture. And if you look at the black athlete as a commodity, a commodity to do something for your university, and then you're not worried about when he or she leaves your university, you're not worrying about their well being. You're not worrying about their self worth. You're not worrying about anything. You're only concerned with the four years that they gave you and what you got out of it. And then if That's you got a, a whole bunch of them and you got a whole bunch of them on your team, okay, now let's start talking about all the unscaled revenue. Let's start talking about your your network ne- revenue now. Let's start talking about season ticket holders. Let's uh-huh. talk about keep, keep TV. And you got all this stuff now. And bowl games. Using, you, right, Jerseys. And bowl, bowl games, you already know that's when you go bowl, you already know that's in another bracket.
2: That's okay, a whole nother bracket.
1: It's a whole nother bracket when you go bowl. So now, like I said, it's a culture thing. And again, again, Our culture always gets used and you need somebody with character and integrity. And I don't care what color you are. If you got character and integrity, okay, you're going to do the right thing because God is going to
2: lead you to do the right thing. There you go. It's not about, in the the end, it ain't about the color thing. At the deepest level, it's about
3: integrity. You
2: can't buy it. There's
3: no dollar value. Go ahead, Coach Kenny. So, um, because I know a lot of the talk is about the up echelon as far as like uh, the D1 level and how they are on campus and how they're doing with the athlete and everything. Uh, I I mean, I'm definitely with you as far as, you know, the access the athlete does have to, you know, social life or even his ex from him, you know, to mm-hmm. participate in, in sport and everything. Mm-hmm. And like just even from my understanding or just even from looking at it, it's just the culture. I'm right about the fault. You know, I I look at the athlete as well. Like, do guys even want that? You know, do Mm. they want that for themselves? Because, you know, from my position, there's guys that – has that likeness, or has that you know that savviness, you know that can be at the next level. Yeah, and some yeah, guys yeah. truly don't even want all that don't money, even don't even want, want all that. T- and some guys squander the opportunity because you know it's it's crazy things. You know, sometimes you get freshmen come in, they look in the ne- you know to have the next, they have the best life the next four mm-hmm. years, and then after that, mm-hmm. you know, do whatever they gotta do. I mean, sometimes that's just on the kid. Like it's it's not about you know what the coaches and you know what the society is on that campus. And the truth be told, mm-hmm. like. Just from a coach' perspective, our job, yes, is to teach football. But what we do on other other aspect, there's so much more that's outside of our mm-hmm. job that, you that's know, we fact. can't do. We can't do. We can't sit there and, you know, tell a kid, you know, how to manage his money because if he does it right, he does it wrong, whatever. He has a parent that's telling him, you know, why am I telling him about how he found, you know, managed his money? That's his That's his it's responsibility, you know from a man to a man telling her man things as far as like, don't mess with this young lady versus that young lady. I can't do that. You know, that certain things, is barriers there with that because at the end of the day, they're going to do what they want to do. And it's a it's. I mean, the model should be a professional relationship because we model after NFL. It Agreed. should be you are here to do a job and do your job well and keep it pushing. And, and, and
2: I agree with you, but here's where I disagree. I disagree with that model because NFL athletes are paid. They have a W-2, they pay taxes. They willingly subject themselves to something as a paid employee. I'm taking a kid and telling you, you are not a professional. You can't have a job. You have to be here and this is your job. But I'm gonna tell you you're a student athlete. I'm gonna monetize your likeness and I'm going to make sure I maximize the bottom line off of you. But in the end, you're considered a uh, unprofessional athlete. Yet yeah, it's a billion dollar industry. So these kids are not coming in as W-2 employees. Like they're not coming in with a revenue share. They're coming in sacrificing their health, their longevity of their lives, whether they know it or not, right? It's like this. If I got $5,000 in my pocket and I walk past a person and I give them a quarter, that's wrong. It's morally wrong. You owe them more than a quarter because you know how much you got in your pocket. So it's like, if you know you are making billions and you're gonna tell somebody that they are a unprofessional athlete, they can't get a W-2, we're giving you a degree. Well, we know most of the guys don't graduate. But then again, Good. you graduate with no culture. You don't have exposure. And I say, I speak to having exposure. When I saw different things and I saw men who were fathers, men who were husbands, when I saw responsibility, when I saw structure, it changed how I thought. I didn't grow up seeing that. I saw it in other people's homes. I saw it in friends I went to college with. Exposure changed my mind. It opened me up. It's the same thing when you travel the world. If you go to another country, you realize that there's a bigger view than Baltimore. When you leave Baltimore, you realize the world is bigger than your little circle. So Mm. that kid comes to you as an unprofessional athlete, not receiving a W-2, nor will he have full health care when he leaves, which is another issue we're going to bring up. Because most most of his health issues that he's going to have in the next 10 years are going to be because what he did at your university. Even though you may not tell him that while he wakes up with migraines or neck pains all the time. Why does he have a bulging disc in his back and his knee is blown out? And why he he can't squat as low as he used to? And he like, man, I used to be a great athlete. Well, that come from what he did for you for four or five years. He lost four or five years of his life, but he has 10 years of penalties to pay after he's done playing. You didn't pay that kid. A lot of them didn't get a degree. And you telling me I'm leaving this university and I don't have full health care? I'm talking about top-notch healthcare. If I need an MRI, if I need an X-ray, if I need a surgery, everything should be paid for by that university. That child, 17, 18 years old, has sacrificed the most critical point of his life, 18 to 22, 23 years old. We all know, 23, Mm -hmm. that is the most critical time of a young man, a young lion becoming a full-grown lion, has lost his ability to hunt because he's been treated spoiled like a little baby he's been helped find his classes let me help your schedule you know yeah he's working out that's what he's supposed to do because he got to be big and strong for you to play but you walked him through the process so now when he has to be a man and go out on his own he don't know how to hunt he can't hunt he like what you mean i gotta put a job application in what you mean i gotta have a resume you know who i am my name is such and such. I was on ESPN last year playing this bowl game and I got to put a resume in. Yes, yeah, son, that's the real world. So who who failed him? Who failed him? Somebody didn't give him culture. Someone gave him a piece of paper of indentured servitude. But where was the culture? Where, where did someone teach you from exposure? Why didn't I bring you to my million dollar house and show you how I got my millions and teach you how you can monetize your likeness and possibly create a business off of what you do and show you, maybe introduce you to my accountant. And that's another thing. Why is there no accountant coming in every week having a mandated lesson teaching financial literacy? Okay, when you get older, when you're a big boy, you know you gotta have an account or you you gotta have your books checked. These kids should be learning that in college the importance of money. You're gonna be a head of a household one day. You're gonna run a family. You're gonna have a wife, you're gonna have children. Like you don't even know how to do that because you never balanced a checkbook. You don't know how to be a man, son, but you know how to lift weights. Now that to me is a strange dichotomy and it don't really line up for future success, which is why you have these hit or miss. Yeah, one kid who will end up being okay. And you got 20 kids who will end up, you never hear from again, in prison, uh, on welfare, five different children by four different women, like craziness. Like this, this interview is rare. We are all former college athletes, yet we are doing positive things with ourselves, man. And we are succeeding at a high level of corporate America. That is not the average conversation that's happening amongst student athletes, student athletes today. And that's just real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because because again, it goes back
1: to high school and how we're preparing the high school. When you look at the average high school kid, okay, you're already setting him or her up. If they're an if they're an elite athlete, you're already setting them up for this uh, this 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 setup of you're gonna be used for your athletic prowess and you're not going to get you're not going to gain anything out of it when you're done mm. and we're teaching our kids in high school they're not financially literate okay you don't always have to go
2: to college to to make it okay okay so if you but what does that mean come, what does that mean see that right like, there's the problem what does that mean to make it what does that mean because well, we had well, i had this conversation with somebody today And somebody
1: posted up on Facebook about the difference between going to college and going to trade school and becoming, you know, an entrepreneur, a licensed plumber, or anything that they can do where they didn't have to actually build the note to go to college. Okay. So what somebody says, making it and what they, it it all depends on the person about what is making it, but not giving kids the skill, the skill set. Like my son is 27. OK, and I and I'm still and him and, his, and, and I'm a new grandfather of twins. So my son is now a new dad from over a month. So I still talk to my son and I talk to his woman and trying to help them because me and my wife have been together. I know me and my wife have known each other for 30 years. We've been married for 24. So we're going to pour into him. I got to pour into them, my man, my young boy, because he has to learn how to be head of household. Okay, so I have to pour into him for that.
3: And, so that's, Coach and, that's- Kitty. and I'm, I'm just just to even piggyback off of that when you was talking about, you know, making it from the high school level. I mean, we even get that at our level guys talking about that version of making it playing in front of a crowd of 5,000 supposed to 30,000 or even having an opportunity to be on TV. But, you know, Honestly, just just looking at it from the realness of the whole, you know, entire situation. Like, yes, the, the institution should be set up in a way that, you know, guys or even students are prosper outside of their, you know, they sacrifice their body for their, you know, respected sport. Uh, I mean, honestly, with those type of conversations, I mean, if you can leave and let the child go it, I, I, you can have it with a coach. I mean, that's just my philosophy. I do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every coach should do it, but mm-hmm. it also happens with home as well. I mean, every kid cannot be reached the same, um, you know, with, with the man talk or with the financial talk or with even what you should get out of it. I know my father in law, you know, I, I love him like no other. And one of the things he was talking to me, even talking about my wife, as far as like when she go to school, you know, you just don't go to professor, just take the classes, take the classes mm-hmm. to get a credit. No, you you, you challenge the professor. What am I supposed to learn today and how is this going to help to me now mm-hmm. a lot of those the, the mentalities when these guys go in these classrooms they don't have the mentality some of these guys mm-hmm. are on autopilot just to get you football because that's yep. what they there for and i understand yep. that but you know at the same time between time yeah you want all this i mean money aspect aside but you, you're telling the academics first and third you know pull a kid up and ask them what, what, they, what they learned today and yeah. sometimes that interest know. is not in, exactly the interest mm-hmm. is not into what they learned. They like, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just getting by. And, you know, that, that goes at home. Like, you know, mm. they, they should learn that as far as like even the selection process. Everybody knows what school they're about to commit to or they at least should do some research. not yeah, just look yeah. at the glitz and glam. And I say it's doing recruiting, like, you know, you know, some coaches you know some things they don't want you to see. They don't want to show you this part of campus, whatever the case may be. When you're mm-hmm. recruiting, you should, you know, be recruiting that school as well. You should get to learn that school. You can sit to see what happened. And before you even, you know, sign that letter, of intent, you should know or see yourself where you're going to be at the end of that thing. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day you have to depend on you or what's around you to get you through. You know what I'm saying? You can't just All like, right. Hey, they should be doing this for me. What do you, what do you, where do you see yourself first? And let's start from there. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, it's going to keep continuing on going back to the union quest, It's going to keep continuing on until somebody, you know, say something, be bold about it. But same time, like, why are you there? And then start from there knowing why and know your value, know your worth and not just be passed along. Agree. Agree.
2: Oh, that's a great point. That's a great yeah. point. So, do you think that the NCAA would? So let's just say, like, because uh, there's really no one head. There's not like really a president amongst all these top schools. Like they, you got the conf, you got the pop, pop, the Power Five conferences, but you don't have a top person that everyone conducts themselves under. Like you got the NFL, you got the president, you got like uh, Commissioner de Gazelle, like Cadell. You got like different people who lead the organization. The NCAA doesn't really have a president. Like, who's the president amongst these people who they have to conduct themselves under? Like, it, I feel like it's a wild, wild west. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, one conference said they gonna play, the other conference said they not. But then we know the end of that, like, I was like, is the SEC going to have their own right. college season? Like, right. cause it looked right. like they about to say, look, y'all come over here and play in the SEC this season. if Your conference don't want to play. Right. So, So do they need a president? <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think no one wants to deal with that headache, man. It's crazy. It's, it's the Wild, it's, wild West. Yeah, yeah. it's I mean, no it,
2: head. It's
1: it's it's a it's a uh, uh, it's a collaboration of those schools in that conference, and nobody takes the lead. and They sit there and they vote or so, whatever. So how do, it's, it's, how do you have you, order? How do you have order? It's it's controlled just like on the field. There's control chaos. There's yeah. control chaos, yeah. and and then and then there's a money aspect to it.
2: Was always follow the money. That's
1: follow always the, money.
2: the answer to the question. Yeah. So so question: Are the athletes safer at school or are they safer at home? Ooh. During this COVID nineteen, not not like a normal period. Are they safer being at that school during COVID-19 and the school taking the responsibility when these kids die or get sick? Or are they safer being home?
3: Uh, Coach Kenny. Uh, I, I mean, just even going through what we're going through now, they they're safer at home. Uh we yeah. we I mean, as a is a campus, not just our guys, it's a campus of students that's yeah. coming up. If we know, nobody knows where they're coming from, who they've been yeah. in contact with. I'm just talking about even closest DC, Baltimore. Yeah. Pennsylvania so nobody even knows and then as far as like you know you get tested and then you gotta get tested again or you know the the habit of that you gotta go through all that just to get to one class and then everything's Mm. just shrinking like the time spent you know where Mm. why you even there on campus is it's honestly like why even go through the hassle when I can just stay home you know, in my right. own, I mean, not even saying with my own little, you know, area, but you just log on when you need to log on and do you work from there, you know, where you don't have to have those in-person interactions. Because my biggest thing is this thing spread. We don't I mean, I'm not saying our school, but some schools only had enough resources to be able to combat or even provide, you know, that type of access to help students, to, you know, quarantine or send them back mm-hmm. or get the type of medicine. There's not even vaccine out. Like, one like of these students might get it and actually, you know, die. You know, it's That's like, it's that, serious. it's that serious. So it's like, it's not worth my life, you know, just to go here and experience something when it, it's, it's available to me on a computer. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if sports is gone, to talk to my guys, like, the coach D line, you know, one of the things is, you know, obesity, you know, overweight. I I can't, <laughs> I don't want to put my guys at risk, and I'd be heartbroken if my guys come back real, and actually real. contracted something when they're here. That's, dude, it wasn't worth it. You know, what I'm saying I I, I will, I want you in well being when you first showed up. So, mm-hmm. now nah, if, if, if it all all is well, if you're still getting the same education online, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, <laughs> so so basically, staying at home, getting your education online
2: <laughs> is the yeah, better option. Yeah. Liability wise, option.
1: yeah, yeah. Well, even from even from our high school level, because yeah. this is the this has been the biggest buzz in Pennsylvania, dealing with the PIWA, mm-hmm. uh, the W, the WPLI, wherever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. we have been in this struggle about because everybody wants fall football. Everybody, mm, everybody, and everybody in PA wants it. Nobody's looking at the risk factors. I teach and coach True. at a public at a public high school. Well, we just said it's all about the money, right? Yeah. But we don't have the resources. We don't have the okay. When we are all right, we when school shut down for me, that was March thirteenth. That was a Friday, day. so that means that Thursday, March twelfth, that's when we were. The, that was the end of strength and conditioning for football. Yeah. Then we just went back July fourteenth. Uh That's when we got, that's when we got approved by the board and we Uh were able to do uh, a COVID pre-screen. Okay. So since I'm one of your, your more senior coaches on the staff, Uh then, you know, I'm there earlier, I'm there checking temperatures for coaches, checking temperatures for kids, wiping down, sanitizing bags and everything. And we're doing the whole, we're doing the whole social distancing for football at football practice okay, mm-hmm. up until when we got shut down last week, okay? Mm-hmm. That right there is probably the hardest thing to do to social distance coaching football. Now certain drills, I can social I think distance. It's
2: it's, I it's impossible. Yes. Distan- I can social distance. I mean, we're being real, drills. how do you do yeah. that, how? <laughs> <laughs>
1: because it's, 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 you can do it in your individual drills, you can space kids out. Yeah, but can you okay, get ready for now, a
2: season? No. You can't
1: get ready for a season no social way. distancing. You can't. No way. Now, so what are you? So you? So like we couldn't. We couldn't say okay. We're not going to do seven on seven. We're not going to do some sort of team. Okay? So then Why not cancel gotta, the season? I I'm saying for me personally, I would love for we stop all this back and forth and just say okay. How about we take a look at spring football? That's mm. what I would like to do. But the P- I, I a- I
2: think that's kind of what uh that's kind of what Coach Franklin was alluding to. Yeah. He was yeah. saying that that's probably a better option. Which, like I said, he's a rare coach, man. It's not many guys at that top level like Coach James Franklin at Penn State University who right, would man. give a fair perspective like that and be honest, like postpone the season. Like, yeah. there's no rush. It's, like, let's let's relax.
3: You still can it's, get the same thing out of it. Oh, same thing. You you same want thing. to and, and get it, the same work.
1: seniors. Right. And the seniors are going to still get to play before June from the high school level. They're still going to get to play. My thing is I don't mind coaching. I've been coaching for so many years. It's almost freaking, I don't know, 18 years of coaching. And Mm -hmm. I've always coached multiple sports, wrestling, wrestling and football, wrestling. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what they're going to do in the winter because that's probably going to be the hardest to even do any kind Mm -hmm. of COVID anything. Mm -hmm. But as far as football, um, I would push for letting us understand because if we can, if we got to go virtual it doesn't make sense to me if I'm going virtual but I'm also going up to the school and kids are coming up to the school for practice but we can't see each other face to face for for education that, that those two don't match
0: yeah
1: and you got and you got people who are pushing for let's let the kids play and you should see all these tweets I get tired I, that's why sometimes I don't even get into it with them because you see all these tweets about let the kids play, let the boys play and all this, but that school is still going to be virtual. So you're telling me it's, yeah. it's okay, it's okay to suit up and play football, but it's not yeah. okay to I, go to class.
2: I, I, I One of my biggest concerns coming into this season, and we're going to close up soon because I know it's getting late fellas. Um, mm-hmm. One of my biggest concerns coming into the season was even with a mandated uh, workout, restricted workout, uh, restricted practice, uh, social distancing. I felt like when I put myself in perspective as a player, because some people is talking from a place where they've never been a player.
0: Right.
2: There is nothing you can do to substitute tackling, good form, head up. Right. Like there's nothing you can do. So let me tell you, Let me let me put this out there now because we live. You put these guys out there and they have not been hit. I promise you, you're going to see the most injuries you've ever seen in football. Because there's no weight you can lift. There's nothing you can do to simulate hitting someone. Mm -hmm. Because most guys don't like to hit. Let's be real. But they work on it enough where it becomes a natural thing. But it hurts. It doesn't feel good. And it's something you have to rep over and over actually doing. So yeah. if you're not doing that and you all of a sudden you throw these big, strong, fast guys into a, a game and you say, let's hit, you're going to have more concussions. You've got more injuries than you ever seen. Because yeah. the body cannot adapt that fast to hitting full speed. Like right. That. Right. we know that.
1: Right. We know yeah, that.
2: Yeah. If you miss a week of practice and you come back the next week, everybody missing tackles, they on the ground. Because it's something you got to do consistent. You can't just go into tackling full speed, especially when we're talking about guys that are 6'4", 6'5", 300 pounds. These not yeah. no normal human beings. Yeah.
0: No. These are the I biggest
2: mammoths you've ever seen. You got
1: seniors that when we came back, when we came back after uh, and got, and we got approved to do that January. I mean that July 14th. Start doing summer workouts, mm-hmm. and we were trying to we were trying to plan to go into summer camp. Man, I had Lyman that's going to be a senior. This boy put on 50 pounds, on but that's going to happen. And and, I, and all the kids have gained weight, and it's like I don't care how many Zoom meetings I did. I did Zoom meetings throughout the whole thing. It don't matter. Told, you can't it substitute matter. it.
0: You can, it, can't. It,
1: it, and it's it like I told them. And I told them, I was like, look, I said, your coach is 51 and I'm taking at least 4% of my day, which is an hour to make sure. And I'm doing more than an hour to make sure I'm doing something.
2: I said, you guys. It, it, it's not clicking. And it's no. not clicking.
1: It's not clicking at all because I'm like, yo, you can walk around the block. You don't have to gather. Why do, do, you, think,
2: why do you think the NFL is not having a preseason? Because somebody's smart. Somebody's saying yeah. they out of shape. Yeah, they can't. Them boys can't. Them grown men came back out of shape, and them yes. coaches was like, We cannot put this product on the field. That's
0: right, we huh? got
2: to not have preseason and get these guys in shape before we can actually put this out there and try to make money off of it.
3: And right. the, 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 the biggest coach, the biggest group is is up front, the trenches up you front. Know, Come on, like, that's right. You want to glorify 707? <laughs> I mean, that's what I you're mean, gonna yeah. get. Yo, it's it's honestly <laughs> big on contact every single play, every like, play. big uglies, man. You that's, know first hand, coach. You know first
1: hand. It's, it's, it's that the and defensive line, well, basically the offensive line. Offensive line—that's one position on offense that has the most players coming out of one position. Every and play every, you're hitting. Every play.
2: Every and play. And you're face and you face to face. Yeah. Yes. So we are yeah. talking face about the spread face. of something. You're face-to-face, snap after snap after snap after snap. There is no way you can prevent some kind of exchange of bodily fluid. fluid, I hate to say it. I know it sounds disgusting, Mm -hmm. but it's the truth. Now, DBs, Mm -hmm. we far away from the ball. Mm -hmm. That's a little different. Linebackers a little bit further, you know. But linemen, that is when the game is won and lost. Yes. Football is all about O-line and D-line. For those that's of you saying. who are watching and don't know that, everyone who plays football for real knows games are won and lost in the trenches, up, baby. Up front.
3: You got the best skill
2: positions you in the world. Eh. It don't matter. I tell, them, I tell all the
1: kids, I tell all the kids now, I tell them now, I say, look, you know, because I coach O-line and D-line. I tell them, yeah. I said that, I said, O-line, I said, that's a skill position. Because you position. Have to be, you're, you're big and you got to have good feet. And you gotta be able to fire off, you gotta be able to move your hands, you gotta be able to you gotta be able to be in the trenches and give a hundred percent for maybe five seconds, and that's five yeah, seconds is a long time. That's a long yeah. time, five seconds.
3: One of the cornerstones, one of the cornerstones, of my D-line is get physical. So how <laughs> you get physical, but you can't touch. Nah, brother. That that's work, bro. impossible. <laughs> that work, so bro. so okay, so in the
2: end. We're basically saying the same thing. Everybody has a different perspective. We didn't kind of touched on the NCAA. Um, I don't know, man, like how do we go from here? Is this the end of the NCAA? Do we develop a different formula? Do we block the whole, uh, like the whole legal format of this? And do we reestablish an entire way of conducting college football? Or college no. sports because it's so unorganized that I don't see the future being the format of what it is.
3: I agree. I I think this would this is uh, probably one of the best times to actually have it outside of the pandemic because everybody is on the same clock, everybody mm-hmm. has time to think. And, and everybody, everybody has exactly I, I think this will give people with the questions like that, the players, the coaches, the conferences, it gives everybody time to think as far as like, okay, where do we really want to go? Because mm. once everybody understands as far as like where we're we going with this, you know, COVID, if it's, you know, more cases mm. or at least cases where we're mm. we going with that, because we can talk about the fall if we want, but if it's a boom in the spring, it's gonna happen again. Then that's over again. Exactly. So now <laughs> we missed the whole season. We basically back at square one. Exactly. Yep. And I, I think, you know, this is probably one of the best times when these type of conversations happen like that because it's going to spark in a way where it benefits and it doesn't slow down because right now is the blueprint for what's going what we're trying to do in the spring. Yeah. But if we don't get the spring right, this thing is going to happen in the fall and the thing is going to keep happening yep. for some time and then it's going to eventually affect the pot, you yeah. know, and I don't want to affect that, but you know, at the same that, time for real. In the <laughs>
2: end, I agree with you with are <laughs> affecting a pot because yeah. You know, ain't nothing wrong with being rich and wealthy. What I'm saying is there are a lot of people who are wealthy who realize that too much change could drastically change their bottom line. Yes. And if that happens, we have a problem. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. Because that means I got to lose some of my wealth. I got to lose some of my profits, which means and we all know, like the Bible always said that there will the poor will always be amongst us right? So we know that that's capitalism. There will always be the have and the have not. So how do we balance this? How? What's the resolution? Do we blow up the whole thing and just start it over? The NFL got it right. They got it right. They have a collective bargaining agreement. They have a players union. They are agreeing at the table with all legalities and signing on a contract saying this is what the stipulations are. College sports does not have that. I think college sports is the wild, wild west. It's Mm -hmm. almost like how uh, the Union and the Confederate States were at war. Like It's somewhat in the state of old way and somewhat in the transition to the new way. And I feel like it's the same thing that happened in the Civil War in this country, but it's happening in in an economic way for sports. Mm -hmm. It's
1: the same way. Yeah, it's the same way where... um, that's why so the SEC schools
2: is like, oh, we we going, we gonna have sports down here, boy. Yeah, mm.
3: right. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised they even had training camp. <laughs> they like, not dude, playing. Dude, dude. They like that's they, what we they, do.
1: They,
3: they yep, bro, like, that's the South. They're
1: going, full, they're going full speed ahead, bro.
2: <laughs> that's they're the South. They like ahead. we will have college football. Matter of fact, the SEC is. I, I guarantee you this: the SEC is considering starting its own college league. Watch. Yo, don't, don't, listen. Don't get caught slipping. I see it coming. If they cancel their season, Big Ten, ACC, watch the SEC say, Clemson, come on over here. Y'all can play the SEC this season. Penn State, come on over here. Y'all can play the SEC. Ohio State, come on over here. They're going to take all them schools and they're going to have their own college football season. You watch what I tell you unless it's like something above their head, like a federal executive order. Mm -hmm. But if it's gonna be the way it is right now, guns blazing wild, wild west, Uh, get ready, baby. Get ready to see a college football season like we ain't never seen. I would say for the HBCUs, Mm -hmm. the play I would make as a businessman, I would Mm -hmm. wait for all those teams to cancel and then announce we are gonna have. And I would run an HBCU schedule and take all those TV contracts that all those schools wasn't playing and put all the HBCUs on school on TV. All right. What? Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. that's the now that's the businessman side of me. I'm like mm-hmm. Morgan, Howard, Lincoln, this your moment. Mm-hmm. This is your mm-hmm. moment to call ESP. Like, look, they're not gonna play, but between us, as soon as they cancel, put us in that block. We're gonna show out. Come to the black, come to Howard, come to Morgan, come to Bethune, Cook me, what? Florida AM, and we, m we, we rocking out, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rambling, I would have all those schools be on that national televised schedule, and it, that would change the whole paradigm. That would.
3: That
2: that's would give other, HBCUs that would give HBCUs topic. major, money. major that's
1: money. That's a whole that's Exposure. a whole gonna other interview.
2: Damn it. Now we're going to have to pick that up. We're going to have to pick <laughs> that up because yeah. see, I'm always thinking like a businessman, strategic moves. So I'm saying if I was if I was a president or a commissioner at an HBCU, I would be watching what these Power 5 conferences doing and I would counter their move. And I would say, "Well, we're going to have a season where no fans and ESPN, we're going to take those contracts that you was going to give to the SEC, the Big 10, all these conferences and we're going to play Our own schedule in HBCUs. If you had a season, I would say, just say they pushed the season back and they had a fall. And the HBCUs had a fall season and were the only thing on TV. Do you know how many TV ratings they would get? They would break records. They would break records because people want to see football. They would be watching Howard versus Morgan like it was LSU versus USC. Man. (laughs) Now you're talking about a paradigm shift. What? Time, yes. That's the business move. So I hope yes. somebody thinking like that. But I also I want to speak this into existence. If there's a board being created for some kind of strategic planning for college future av- a- 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 advisement or whatever, call me. Call <laughs> me. Because listen, we got to talk about the future, how we're going to do this. And you need somebody on that board who has been a player and does business. Listen, man, there's so many ways we could swing this. I'm telling you, dog, the HBCU is sitting perfect. I hope they sit back quiet uh, and make a move off of this. But if any closing remarks, fellas?
3: Uh, uh, um.
1: You wanna go Kenny or?
3: Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, definitely. Thank you, coach. Thank y'all. Oh, I mean, it's Thank good you. seeing y'all guys again, man, cause it's Always. been a minute. And uh, even as the, the, you know, talk about football, man, it, it definitely does something because, you know, it's a team sport, you know, I remember guys, you know, working out and all that stuff. And even Amen. through this time, man, you know, even for the viewers that's listening, that's going to listen, man, uh, definitely stay safe. Uh, definitely, you know, keeping everybody in my prayers because, you know, as, as you know, for you got the people that doesn't believe it can happen to them and then mm. you got the people that actually happen to them. And me personally, like, Having a family and having a child, like those thoughts, happens in my head. As far as like you know, keeping them safe when I go out sure. to go to work and everything, and knowing people actually you know players actually had family that contracted. It's it's very serious. Nothing to play with. I mean, because yeah. if you believe it or not, you know, you know, do your part. And um, I mean, with the, with the football thing and everything, it's always going to be there. Football is not going to change the player. It does you That's know, you <laughs> know, so like, what are we really fighting for? You know, if you're a coach listening, if you're a player listening, use the philosophies that you've been told or that you've been caught and brought up with as far as, you know, use your time wisely to get better at your craft. You know, the, it's, it's all on you. Do not be caught with your work undone when everything comes to light. You know, mm. that, that's that's mm. the biggest thing, because it's, it's, it, this ain't going to be forever. It's just for right now. You know, just mm. things like you say of the future, you know, keep your mind right, get your spirit right, get in contact, do some things. You know that that makes you whole before you go out there into this incomplete world. Preach. That's my thing. Beautiful, Coach Brooks.
1: Yep, um, that was well said. Um, I would say the same thing. Stay safe. Uh, I am someone, even though I'm vegan, I do have been dealing with type two diabetes for over twenty years, but mm-hmm. I'm getting closer. I'm getting closer to the end of the road. I'm too close now to stop.
2: And he got 7 a.m. workouts with me in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. (laughs) You know?
1: And I'm going to say this, that um, I am very cautious. I'm very cautious because a lot of times I've learned over the years to operate out of wisdom. So Mm. um, I have done those pre-screenings. I have been coaching and I have been instituting along with our school district following the proper protocols, but it is a lot of work.
3: And, there's
1: things, and there's things that go unseen when you do those, um, those pre-screenings because you're dealing with young athletes who are asymptomatic, you know, and... And it takes three days, anything. right? Mm-hmm. Right, and they won't show anything. They won't show nothing. And if we're practicing four days a week, Monday through Thursday, you know, until it got shut down, I mean, I had those concerns as well. So you know, I'm, I've made every effort to be safe. I mm-hmm. made every effort that I would not contaminate or do anything crazy for myself because I fall uh-huh. in that category. Unfortunately, yeah. I fall in that category, and so so my level of still wanting to coach and help young people, and it yeah. wasn't even about it wasn't even about the money. at this point, when you coach in high school football, it really ain't about the money
0: yeah, you it.
1: It's the mm-hmm. love for it and the love for the kids and the mentorship, the camaraderie and everything that you can do and everything that you can offload because you're going to give a kid everything you got. You're that's, going to give a kid right. everything else. Mm-hmm. You're going to give them everything you got so that way when that kid, because I can't not see, it's the same thing I would tell a like if I would expect a pastor to pastor his church and tell the church the truth and give them everything they need. That's how I treat the athletes that I coach. I'm going to give them everything that they need or everything I got when it comes to coaching football coaching life, because as a high school coach, you got to put on many hats. You have to Mm. wear all these different hats. Some guys embrace it, other guys, it's a little bit of a challenge, but for the ones that do embrace it, you put on all these hats. You're gonna be uncle, you're gonna be dad, you're gonna be the mentor, you're gonna be the coach, you're gonna be all these different things because you're getting to know the athlete and you're getting ready and you're also learning who this student guy is, who this kid is. It's not just how fast you run a forty. Can you uh, can you squat three fifteen? How many times or how many times you could bench press two twenty five? It ain't about that. It's about the, the kid. And you know my biggest thing is is during this time, do the right thing, protect yourself, protect your family, use wise counsel, get wise counsel, and just stay healthy during this. This is going to this is going to pass. This is going to pass, but. We got to use wise counsel and set ourselves up for a few months down the road. My biggest concern, we're going into flu season. That, that worries me because I'm thinking about COVID and the flu season and those two combined in the winter that brings concern to me for some people, you know? So it's, it's a lot of things, but you know, like I said, you know, for people to stay safe, stay healthy, but use wise counsel. I mean, just Jesus, just just use wise counsel. That's right, that's right. Well,
2: we wanna say congratulations to Coach Kenny, who is a new father. Thank you as well. Congratulations <laughs> and then co- congratulations to Coach Brooks, who is a new grandfather. Hey, Boy, and I want to make that, sure I shake twist. off that dust so I don't be a new daddy. <laughs> <laughs> done, shut it down. I, I oh, listen, I don't even want that over here. I rebuke oh, it. Uh, You're we're rebuking done. It. Oh, wow. you rebuke it. I do not receive oh, man. it. No, oh, man. Oh. Yeah, we might get a dog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I got,
1: I got i got a grand dog right now
2: I'm watching. listen okay oh once i got out of the pampers and you can feed yourself i'm never going back Bruh. never going back I'm done <laughs> sleepless oh, okay. nights okay no like no one able to talk to you it's just crying and crying it's like what do you want i don't know Okay, I never again. That felt like for me, it was back to back to back to back. Like I just had baby after baby after baby, so it just seemed like I never ended Pampers. It was like Pampers after Pampers after Pampers. I that was, your fault. I know, was your fault. I know, man. You should know how it is. Listen, up. that's that's another show. Yeah. <laughs> that's another show.
1: But <laughs> well, well, look, y'all, y'all just getting into the the, the to the kid phase. I got. My three, they're all five years apart. Now I got two twins, grand, grandkids, a boy and a oh, girl. Man. Oh, man. And they're they a month old. And, that's, that's, and I'm going to tell you, man, that's exciting. I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's exciting. Um, it is. It is. And it is. And it changes your perspective as you guys, as you guys get older and you guys get all these extra years with your, with your wife and y'all start building, y'all go through all this other stuff, man, this... When you get to that phase where you got grandkids, there's a whole different thing, man. There's a whole different coolness. But that's cool to me. That's that's cool. It is. It is.
2: It is. So look, we going we going we going we go. we going to we're we we're going to get out of here uh this show Health is Wealth was brought to you by HHT Fitness and um if you looking for an online fitness class during this COVID-19, please DM us, uh, email me directly at D. Varner, V is a Victor, A-R-N-E-R at gmail.com. Monday through Saturday, uh, 7 a.m. And we have outdoor sessions as well. Um, Our guest was Kenneth Johnson of Shepherd University and Troy Brooks, former coach of Lincoln University. And I'm your host, Christian Varner, who does the most. And we appreciate you. We love y'all and we out. Love y'all, man. Love y'all, dog. In Jesus' name.
3: And Jesus say, name. fellas
2: all right in Jesus
3: name,
0: yes sir Amen. yes sir